morning. How about that? That worked. I started stuttering, and uh, then I looked up, and I realized, Justin, I didn't even have the mic on. Okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're glad you're here. And tell somebody around you that I'm glad you're here today. Um, so I, I have this saying. It says, from ashes to ashes and dust to dust, if you don't wash your car, it'll turn to rust. So help out with the fundraiser at the Tunnel Car Wash. Keep your car from from turning into rust. Amen. Um, how many of you know there's something going on? No, 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 no. I don't. I don't know if you're hearing me, but there's something going on. There's something. There's something. I can't explain it, but there's something that I don't. It's not about being caught or being taught. It's about being caught. There's something going on in the spirit, so just uh, symbolically just reach up and catch it. Would you just reach up and grab that thing? Because, you know, it's like pull that down. You need a breakthrough, let's, let's pull it down. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, I'm just I'm reaching up in heaven. Well, I got news for you. Heaven, I'm telling you, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So there's one dimension, there's another that's right here. And that dimension is closer to you than you may think it is. Come on. And um, unfortunately, I... I got to experience the, the close proximity of that dimension back in June. And I am, am grateful for the Lord and how he's, he's saved my life. But we are, in a, we are in a new place. Say new place. We are in a, we are in a, a new era. And I want to I go over a couple things with you. But there, it's, there's a time, and we're catching it in the spirit that there's a time for today's message, and this is for the, the graduates specifically, but you guys are beginning to get ready to be promoted. Oh, come on. And you don't necessarily have to go through a physical graduation ceremony process to be ready to be promoted, but get ready because it's time for promotion. Amen? So we're in a new era. Say new era. Come on, everybody. Say new era. We're in a new era, and I want to give you a definition of what this new era is. In the Wikipedia, this says the new era, E-R-A. I used to joke around when I was a kid, and they would say, Eric, are you ready? I said, Eric's ready anytime. E-R-A. Never mind. Y'all will get it tomorrow. You'll be waking up going, oh, I got it. I finally got it. Eric's ready anytime. The new era is a span of time marked by character, events, or changes on the earth. So it's not just, let me, let me limit this way. It's not limited to a season. It's not limited to just three months. It's not limited to just one month. It's not limited to just three weeks. The new era is greater than that. In the learner's dictionary, if we can put that up, it says it's a period of time that's associated with a particular quality, event, or person, etc. So it's a, it's a period of time, and we're not going to limit it to just, okay, just for the next half an hour while we get the Word of God in us, we, this has got to happen. And if you walk out and it hasn't happened, then it's over. No, we're here to tell you that we are in a new era. We are in a new time. We're in a new place. How many of you know I, I love Webster's Dictionary? Let's see what Webster's Dictionary. Uh, Webster's Dictionary, Merriam especially. You know, Noah Webster has an 1828, I believe, dictionary that you ought to get if you really want to look at it. Or you can Google it because he uses scriptures 
to explain what they mean with the sentence. Noah was a very godly man, and uh, Merriam-Webster is just a, his relative. I think it's his, I think it's his daughter, actually. Um, but Merriam-Webster, they, Webster's Dictionary says, a fixed point in time from which a series of years is reckoned. It means a stage in development as a person or a thing. A stage in development. Say that. A stage in development. Say it again. A stage in development. So we're hearing about a new era. And what about a new era? There's a new era. There is a new stage in development. And you're going to begin to operate in that new stage of development. And how many of you know in that new stage of development, there's going to be some good things? Come on, somebody say amen for some good things. Okay, now here's what else happens in the stage of development. There are some difficult things. How about an amen for that? <laughs> I think I heard a oh my. You know, it's like, uh, amen, oh my, oh my, amen. Well, after the oh my comes the amen. Because in that stage of development, when there's difficult times, when there's difficult things, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this new era we're entering into is just going to be, hey, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. You know, the future's not ours to see. No, the future is for you, and there is an appointed time, and there's an appointed place, and it's time for a promotion. Can I get an amen? Turn to your neighbor next to you and say, it's time for your promotion. Come on, it's time for you. Neighbor, it's time for your promotion. It's time. Some of y'all been looking, and you're about ready. Some of you are feeling something, and some of you are hesitant. I don't know if I want to get promoted. If you get promoted, comes greater responsibility. Let me say that again. If you, no, let me put it this way. When you get promoted, because you're up for promotion. When you get promoted, and the timing's got to be right in the Lord. The timing's got to be right whether you're at, at work or at home or at play or whatever else that you're going through. That when you're, when you're ready and that, and you're, you're up for that promotion, when you begin to step in to that promotion, how many of you know God's going to equip you? He's going to equip you. And it's time for that promotion. And some of you have spent, Kobe especially, um, and, and Albert, you've spent 12 years. You've gone through this. You graduated from high school. Congratulations. Let's give them a hand, a clap of praise that they've, they've graduated from high school. There's, but I'm here to tell you, and I want to prophesy this to you, that your best days are still ahead. Okay? You know, Cindy graduated from college. Let's give her a hand clap of praise that she's, she's graduated from ministry school and, and, and your best days are still ahead. Amen. A lot of times we get caught up with that which was in the back. Oh, I remember those glory days. You know, I like that song, glory days, you know, but how many of you know your rear view mirror is smaller than your windshield? Because you're supposed to glance to the past. Come on. But you're supposed to stay focused on the future. Can I get an amen on that? Just real quickly, I want to be able to give you five different things. Say five things. I want to give you five things that's going to help with a promotion in this new era. We are up for a promotion. We are ready to step into what God has for us. We are ready to step out of the past and into the, to the present. Come on. That where you can begin to walk to your future and there is going to be a battle. There's going to be a war. There is going to be resistance. But how many of you know greater is he that is in you than he that is going to come against you in this new era? And I'm declaring and prophesying 
prophesying over you today that as you step into this new era, you're going to have greater power, greater anointing, greater faith, greater perseverance than you had in the past season. Can I get an amen? Come on. Am I in the right church this morning? I don't know about you, but something's happening. I'm ready to preach up up in here. Are you ready? Number one, the first thing that I want to, well, let's go, let me go back and let's do Romans 12 too. Let's put that up. Did I, it says, don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I could go in and talk about the transformation process. This transformation process in the Greek is called a metamorphosis. It's a metamorphosis. The greatest picture that you can see that God has given us of the metamorphosis is, is, is the, the butterfly coming out of the cocoon, the, the being transformed into that butterfly and the breakthrough that takes place. How many of you appreciate Pastor Virginia's word this morning? I'm ready for a breakthrough. Amen? Because it's a new era, and we're going to have some breakthroughs. Amen? I'm going to get my breakthrough. How about you? You going to get yours? We're going to you're going to get yours and you you got to get yours. I was sharing this week that the scripture says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent have to take it by See there's some things in this new era that you're going to have to you're going to have to take it. Okay? There's something laid up for you. Tell me your first name. Marcella, there are some things in this new era that you are walking into that God has set for you that the enemy is going to try to take from you. And you're going to have to say, get back. That's mine. Okay? In Egypt, the Israelites came out of Egypt. You can read this in in Exodus. They came out of Egypt, and God sent the women to knock on the doors of the Egyptians and say, I need gold and I need silver. We're fixing to leave this place and I need gold and I need your silver. And by the way, those clothes, I need some clothes for my kids. God sent the women to do that. And I heard the Lord say, as I looked at you, he says, she's the one. There's going to be battles, but you're going to have the victory. The Lord says, there's are the battles. There's some things that are there for you that you're going to have. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't, don't quit believing. Don't, don't back off on that. But those things that you know that this is what the Lord has put into my heart, and that belongs to me, that God says, that's what you're going to get. All right? But you're going to have to fight for that, but you're going to have the victory. Let's give her some praise. Amen? So you're going to, when things get difficult, remember this word that you keep on fighting. You keep on standing. You're not going to give up. You're going to say, it doesn't matter what's going on. I am going to get what God says is mine and I'm not going to let go until I get it. You're going to be like Jacob who wrestled and he wrestled with an angel of the Lord. Some of them think it's the Lord. And he says, I'm not going to go until you bless me. You know what I mean? And his hip was out of place, you know, but he had to walk with a little limp, but maybe he, maybe it wasn't a limp. Maybe it was, you know, his, his swag there. It was like that, you know, but he had to walk with that because, because he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm telling you, the Lord has got some things for you in this season. Can I get an amen? So the first thing I want you to understand that you can't, you can't be like the world. You're going to, you can't live like the world. You don't want to look like the world. You don't want to act like the world. We are different. How many of you know we can be in the world, but we don't have to be of the world. Okay, God wants to put you in situations. See, if he wanted us to be out of the world, 
then that's what he would have told his disciples. He would have said, okay, God, Father, just take them. You're taking me. I'm going to take them. Take them. We don't even have to be in the world. But he didn't tell them that. He said, I want you to be in the world. You're not of the world, but you're in the world. So he wants you to be involved in the situations. He wants you to be involved in, in, the, in, the, in the area of influence that God's placed you in. He wants you to be involved in that because you're God's representative in being involved in that. But he says, don't be conformed to the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So in this new era, anybody ready for a promotion? Anybody feel like, you know, I worked for a company. Uh, I worked in the grocery business for 18 years. I worked for this company for 13 years. And they told me that I would. I worked three years as a representative. I had a company car. I traveled about 15, 12 to 1,500 miles a week. I went in to help grocery stores make money. When they made money, they bought from our company. They, uh, you know, they did that. And they said, Eric, we're going to bring you in. We're going to teach you how to purchase product. $26 million is what I spent to buy produce for this warehouse. And I thought I would be in there. They told me, we're going to bring you in. We're going to train you for a few years. And then you'll get your promotion. After 11 years, I didn't get the promotion. Are you with me? So a lot of us are, are, are stuck in a place and we're thinking, I'm just stuck here and I'm never going to get that promotion. But how many of you know it's not the promotion that is from man that matters? It is the promotion that comes from the Lord that makes a difference. Amen? So you're up for promotion. You're up for promotion, whether it physically happens today, next week, next month, next year. But it's going to happen because you're in a new era. But the Lord is going to begin to promote you. And I could look back and see where I went from promotion, promotion to a promotion to a promotion. And then Shelly came in my life and, whoo, baby, I got a really good promotion then. Can somebody say amen? I got a good promotion. That was my best promotion. Amen. So, so you, we get promoted, even though you may not physically get to be the CEO of the company. Hello? But you are getting promoted. God is going to continue to promote you. So he says, don't be conformed to the things of this world. So when the world says certain things, you're, that's not what you operate by. When the world says the economy's bad and it's difficult and life is tough, you operate by a higher government than what our government operates by. Come on, somebody. You operate by the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and that promotion, that promotion is what God wants to promote us in. Amen. Okay, here we go. Now, number one. Oh, did you guys get a handout? My fault. I'm sorry. Could I get the ushers and you guys get a handout? Because I worked diligently on this handout. And then Christy uh, did, did an excellent job getting it together for me. The ushers are going to give you a handout. And then you can fill in and, and you'll be able to have something to take with you. But it's time for promotion. Say that. It's time for promotion. It's time for your promotion. That's what I want to talk a little bit about. The first thing that I want to talk about today is that God has a plan and destiny for our lives. And they're going to they're going to pass that out to you. And in the back of that, you can turn it over and you can see a little area where you can fill that in. Those of you that like to take notes and the, the good thing I like about the handout, as well as the new era journals, is that you can go back and look at it. You, you know, when things are difficult. Marcella, when things might be difficult, you might be able to go back and do that. 
Maricela, when things are difficult, you might be able to go back and look at this and say, okay, this is what I got to make sure that I'm stepping into. Okay. Number one, God has a plan and purpose for our lives. God has a what? A plan and a purpose for our life. God has a plan and a purpose for our life. Anybody, everybody got those? I'm going to let those guys pass those out first. Life has got to be more than just paying rent. Life's got to be more than just going to work in the morning, getting the kids off to school in the morning, picking them up in the afternoon, dealing with the issues throughout the evening, and then starting the day the next day the same way. Life's got to be different than just going to work at 8 o'clock, getting home at 5 o'clock, getting in your lazy boy till 10 o'clock, and then going to sleep, and the next day do it again. Life's got to be more than that. Because a lot of us don't realize that we have a plan and a purpose for our lives. That you were created in the image and the likeness of God. And you were created with with giftings and talents and abilities and those things that you may not even realize that are there that may be dormant right now. And I know I'm speaking specifically to the graduates, but you've got a plan and a purpose for your life. And God wants you to discover that. A lot of times we want to try to decide what we're going to do. See, the real, the truth is I can really do only what God has me destined for me to do. Because when I try to do those other things, they are going to be shallow. They're going to be hollow. Say discover. Say discover. We got to discover what it is that God wants for us. What does God want you to do? And some of us, you can be my age, you can be 56 years old and and be going, I'm not sure what to do because you've finished one phase of your life and you're stepping into another phase of your life and you don't have the rigors and, and, and the responsibility of raising children that you had before. Now all of a sudden you get to a place where you're like, I'm not sure what to do with my life. It's kind of like a professional athlete that, that spends, I'll use baseball, that spends seven or ten years in, in a, on, a, on a baseball team playing for the National uh, Baseball League, uh, Major League Baseball, and then they're no longer a baseball player. They kind of lose their identity in who I am and what I, what I do. Well, that plan and purpose for their life might have been for them to be in baseball and play baseball and to spend seven years in the majors to be able to play baseball. But it's also there's a plan and a purpose after that. Come on. That they've got to be able to find and understand so we can understand and realize that God does have a plan and a purpose for my life. Um, uh, If you want to write this, well, it may may be on your notes, actually. Ephesians chapter 1, verses Three through five. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. He chose you in him before the foundation of the world. Can I say that? Having predestined us by the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Some people are like, well, I don't know what God's will is. I know what God's will is for your life. He chose you. His will is for you to be a son or a daughter of the Most High God. That's his will. And now he gives you free free will. He gives you free choices. You had a choice whether you came today, whether you didn't come today. You got a choice this afternoon, what you do. The later day, we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a minute. 
But you got to understand that he chose you. You were chosen. Are you serious? You were chosen. Who was it? Oh, Bobby, we were talking to you. Bobby last week or whatever. He was talking about, you know, being chosen as a kid. You know, when you young kid, everybody's there choosing teams up and they, they choose all these. You know, if you're playing basketball, Shorty's going to be the first one to go. I mean, he's seven foot. I'm choosing Shorty first. Although I'm quicker and faster and I can move around him. Come on. How many of you know you would choose LeBron James? You would choose him over Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, well, it depends on what you want. But So you, you look at that and you say, wait a minute, he chose you. God saw you. He chose you. You are fearfully, wonderfully, magnificently made, and you were chosen by a marvelous creator, and he chose you. You know what he chose you? He chose you to be in the family that you're in. I thank God every day that he chose me to be in the United States of America. I mean, I think about it. The, you, 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 he chose you to be in that family. And a lot of times we're like, well, I ain't, I ain't like my family. You know, you were chosen to be put in that family. And that person, your mom, your dad, was chosen to be over you. Now, they might have made all the right choices during that time, but they were chosen. Say, you're chosen. You've got to realize that there is a good God and that there is a bad devil. You have to realize and understand that you follow God, you will be blessed. Oh, come on, somebody. But you follow the devil, you're going to be cursed. Come on. And he said, there is, you have to understand that if I follow God, I'm going to have a good life. In fact, me being a believer and follower of God, this life is the worst it gets for me. But those that don't know God, that are separated from him, that's why they're going out doing all they can possibly do, because this is the best it gets for them. And I don't say that flippantly because it hurts my heart. But man, you know, you know, when I had my heart attack and dealt with that issue there, you know, I had to deal with the opportunity. When I came back in, I sat down in the living room and I looked around and I thought things would have been quite different for Shelley. Had I'd have gone home to be with the Lord. And I, I had a hard time because I didn't mind going home to be with the Lord. I mean, what better thing for me? That's my ultimate thing, is to go home and be with the Lord. But not now. Come on. Obviously not now. He spared my life for that. And obviously not now. So I follow God. I get to go to heaven. I follow the devil. Well, I'm separated from God. That's hell. Separated from the presence of God. God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for your life. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he says that. The plans I have for you, declares the Lord. To give you hope in the future. Remember what we were talking about the other day on that? Would you come up and share with them on that? She shared it too. We were, um, I was, was it Chris Ballatin's post on that? He was talking about a plan. When you have a plan for your life, to have a plan for your life. But Mark Sharona had a message on that saying that the word plan actually in Jeremiah 29, 11 doesn't mean like every detailed plan that it actually does mean purpose. So God isn't planning out every detail of your life. He gave you a free will to make choices, and, and within those choices, he's with you. Now, I believe that, you know, I believe that we were, we were called here to Living Word Fellowship when, when Eric came here and we got married. But if I would have gone to North Carolina, God still would have used us, and it, and it would have been a different way. 
So it was just really encouraging to know that as you make your choices and you trust the Lord, God is going to use you in your life because he does have a purpose for your life. But to think that every single detail of your life that God is planning out, and it's like if you go make you go over here then you're out of his will if you step to this side a little bit that that's not how he works he's he's not a controlling god he's a free will god he he gave you a choice to choose him and so you choose him and then you trust him that as you walk through him and sometimes we are we're so scared to to make a decision to think am am i out of god's will as long as you're following the lord and you're trusting him he is with you and if you're looking to him to make the best possible possible decisions, that's his purpose for your life. And you know what our purpose is? Is to touch people's lives for, with the gospel and the kingdom of, of of heaven touching earth. That's you know sometimes we're like I don't know what I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't. Well, did you did you love the cranky person in line at Walmart? You know. I mean, sometimes we get so deep in what we're called to do that we forget to just love our neighbor and love those around us and and be happy when I don't have power. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, and to think that there's a lot of people that, that don't have it every day. You know what I mean? So just just be encouraged that your purpose isn't just one, two, three, four. God didn't just... He has this list for you. And Tatum, if you go off number two, that's not good. God, God's going to find you. Where, and even if you make a mistake, God's going God's to help you get right back on path and, and be there because you're looking to him to do that. So that plan, I mean, because think about this. A lot of times people have the idea of God that God has got everything planned out in my life. If that's the case, then why did Jesus tell the disciples to pray this way? Why would he tell them to pray at all? If it's already done, if God knows every single moment, every single second, and he has it planned out that I'm going to take two steps to the right and I take three and I'm all of a sudden out of his will. Come on, somebody then I'll quit and give up. Then I'll be operating in the law. And we operate in the grace, God's grace, his unmerited, undeserved favor of God. There is responsibilities when you operate in the grace of God because there is a higher, actually you're held up to a higher standard than if you operate in the law. Did you know that? Because the law will say an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. (laughs) There's a song that come back to my mind, vote for me and I'll set you free. Rap on, brother. That was, never mind. The ball of confusion. Who was, yeah, yeah, brother. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So you think about that, an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. But when you operate in grace, he says, if he slaps you on one side, you give him the other. If he drags you a mile, go with him too. Come on. That's harder to do than just Terry and I going out and duking it outside. You know what I mean? It's easier to do that than it is to, to forgive and operate in God's love. But God has a God has a plan and a purpose or even a destiny you could put in there for your life. Say, I am not deciding. I am discovering. See, those of you guys that are graduating, you need to discover that which God has within you. 
those giftings that he's put within you, you discover that. You step in and say, okay, I'm beginning to discover some things now that maybe you couldn't have discovered 10, 15 years ago. Then now all of a sudden you're beginning to discover those things. So we want you to, I always want to encourage you to discover that. You remember what Jesus said, not my will, Father, but yours? Do we pray that way? Do we pray that way? And say, God, I want to discover what you have for me today. I want you to pray, God, I want to discover you even greater today in a greater depth. So that's number one. Number two, number two, not only does God have a plan and purpose for our lives outside circumstances, outside circumstances, outside external circumstances are not to control our lives. All right. So whether you have electricity this morning or you don't, that electricity shouldn't control your life. Are you with me? It's like, hey, I got to get up and take a shower. It's a cold shower. Well, actually, we still had hot water in the hot water tank. Praise God for that. I was like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I wanted to go on and I wanted to send this PowerPoint to Mike. I sent it to over, over the Internet. And unfortunately, our router was plugged in and it's not plugged. So I had to come to the church in order to get him this PowerPoint. And, and it, it could have frustrated me. I could have got mad. I could have kicked a chair and the cat and said, forget church. I can't get a shower. I can't get looking good. You know what I mean? I go into my closet and I pull out a shirt. And Shelly goes, you're going to wear that? It's like, why? Well, it's not. It's got a little wrinkles down here. I'm like, I don't care. I mean, my outside circumstances aren't going to t- take place are you, or whether or not I'm going to preach and give you guys and what are you. So if I've got a wrinkled shirt or don't have a wrinkled shirt, uh, you know, I may get in here and I may look at my shoe or blow out the toe or the heel might come off. And it's not going to matter. I'm still going to get in and I'm going to preach and give you the word what God wants me to give and speak to my heart and speak to the destiny and the plan and the purpose in your life. And it doesn't matter whether I had a shower this morning or didn't have electricity. You know, I do like my, my hair to, to look good. It only takes me a minute and a half to look good with my hair. Come on. But a lot of times we let the we let those outside things control us. I remember one time I was I had to work and I was telling somebody the other day I, I said I had to work and I was I was uh, 18 years old working at a grocery store and I was going to college and and uh my car broke down. Can you believe that? My car broke down. And it didn't stop me from going to work. I got on a bicycle, and then I had to go pump up the tire. Anybody, you know what I'm talking about? You go, I'm going to ride bikes, and you're on a tire. I forget the bike. You know what I mean? And you're like, I think I'll go mow the lawn. Oh, there's flat tires on the mowers. I forget them on. You know what I mean? You go through, and you go all those different things. So I rode my bike 16 miles and spent the night in the grocery store because I worked till midnight, had to get up at 6 in the morning and go to work. And I spent the night in the women's bathroom because they had a lounge chair back in there. I went and took a clock. Oh, no, don't do this. This is illegal. It's not right, but it is what it is. Amen? So I took an alarm clock off the store shelf. And I plugged it in the women's bathroom. I'm in there sleeping in the women's bathroom. My alarm goes off. I get up. I open the door, and in comes the lady that makes the donuts. She opens the door to the women's bathroom, and I'm standing in it. Hey, how are you doing? Good. Good morning. Good morning. See you later. You know what I mean? I went, I went and got it. How many times do we let the outside circumstance begin to control us? 
to begin to control it. Like she had, I, I loved your transparency today. It was like, you know, I'm dealing with a bad attitude. Really? We didn't know. I mean, we try to cover up stuff. There's times where we want to cover it up. But there's times where, you know what, it, it's, it is what it is, and, and it's okay because you're human. You know what I mean? <laughs> One time Shelly said something to me about it, and I said, well, she, I, I'm not Jesus. <laughs> it's like I got angry, and I, I was trying not to sin not. You know what I mean? It was like, I'm just not Jesus. I'm just not there yet. You know, but I let the outside circumstances begin to control what is going on in our life. Matthew twelve thirty five. I think I put that on your notes. It says the good man brings out of the good treasure of what is good. And the evil man brings out of the evil treasure of what is evil. See, what are you storing on the inside of you? Because you're like a tube of toothpaste. When you get squeezed, it's going to be crest or aqua fresh. And you got a little white and the red and the green. You're going to see what's in that tube of toothpaste when you get squeezed. See, a lot of times you don't see what Shirley is dealing with until she gets squeezed. And she's not going to show you that, but Colleen may see it. See what I mean? But a lot of times we let the outside circumstances control us and have dominion over us. And we're supposed to have dominion over that. Jesus said this. He said that the tree brings forth fruit not the environment. You want to come in here and worship the Lord? It could be the greatest worship that they could be doing, the worship team, the praise team. It could be the greatest, most anointed one for Terry. And I'm over here with a bad attitude. And Terry's over there just getting set free. And I'm looking over going, you didn't know what happened to me this morning. Otherwise, I ain't worshiping you, God. It's got to be perfect. Are you serious? Man, it was only one perfect one, and it was Jesus. Amen? But he's praying for you. Tell somebody, Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. He's praying for us right now. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding on our behalf. So we, we can't let the outside circumstances control our lives. What is coming against you? from the outside that you can say it's not going to change the inside. It's not going to change the inside. It's not going to change the inside. There was an example. I want to give you an example of Roger Crawford. Roger Crawford, you could look at him, and he was a Fortune 500 business guy. He's in the top, top businessmen. He... He was a professional tennis player qualified for the United States Tennis Association. Very successful in the natural. You could look at him very successful in the natural. How could he play tennis? If you'd ever seen him, you'd have looked at him and said, there's no way he's a tennis player. He had, he had, he had a deformity when he was born, and out of his right hand, he only had the protrusion of a thumb. He had one leg that he actually didn't have a foot. But yet he, he went to college, and he graduated from college. And he, had a, he, he met this other guy that was older than he was that had gone through the same. It was a, it was a deformity. Had a, it was a disease that, that he had gone through the same thing. And Roger had met him and thought, here's an older man that's gone through what I've gone through. And he began to meet with that man. And the first time he met with that man, the man basically said that the whole world owed him. 
And Roger didn't feel that way because his parents never treated him any different. In other words, they didn't tell Roger, you should, be, you should not be able to play tennis because you, you, you can't really hold the tennis racket. I remember there was a Jim Abbott. He was a pitcher in the, in the National Major League Baseball that only had one hand, and he pitched. He would take the glove and slide it up underneath there. He'd throw the deal and then take, catch the ball, and he would do like that and throw the ball. I mean, it didn't stop him. He became a professional baseball player, and it wasn't the outside circumstances is what I'm trying to tell you. It was what took place on the inside of him because he knew there was a plan. He knew there was a purpose. He knew that God had a destiny for him. He knew that there was a future for him. And he said, those outside circumstances aren't going to stop me from breaking through and being the best I can be with the Lord. Come on, let's give him a mighty praise in the house. Number three, real quick, number three. We must believe that God desires us to have an abundant life in every area. Say abundant. I'm fighting for an abundant life. And there's times where it's like, I'm tired of fighting. I'm just going to rest. And there's times where I just rest for the abundant life. Come on. And it's amazing how sometimes, sometimes it'll happen when I'm worn and sometimes it'll happen when I'm at rest. And God will continue to bless and he'll continue to strengthen us. I want to give you a scripture, John 10, 10. It says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, it says, it says, I came, I is Jesus. Jesus said, I came to give you, come on, everybody. I came to give you and to give it to you more abundantly, okay? That word that goes in there, I think, is is abundant, is to give it to you more abundantly. I've come to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen, if it's stealing, killing, and destroying, it's the thief, God's not trying to steal something from you or kill you or try to destroy you. It's the enemy that you have that's trying to do those things. And there are some people that are blaming that stuff on God, and it's not God. It's the enemy. It's the devil. It's, the, it's Satan. It's Lucifer. It's, it's, it's the dark kingdom that is trying to steal, kill, and destroy from you. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. And Jesus said, look, it doesn't matter why I'm not quite in that abundant life, God. It doesn't matter he still said i came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly and i'm like well i'm not quite there yet it doesn't matter jesus still said i came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly it doesn't matter whether you're walking in it or not keep walking keep walking you're going to get into that thing you're going to keep warring with that thing especially because it's a new era it's a new time it's a new day there are some things that are happening your developmentary situation that you're going through the stage is just a stage in development to get you to the next step can i get an amen okay look at your notes real quick so number two number one was what god has a plan and purpose for our lives number two outside circumstances do not control my life number three we must believe that god desires for us to have an abundant life Ah, I love it, Bonnie. You're absolutely right in every area. Well, you know, Shelly's just really doing good on this thing here, but I got this area over here, and, you know, it's just not going to happen. No, God wants me to have an abundant life in peace. He wants me to be able to sleep. He wants me to be able to have rest. Hello? My sleep's changed, y'all. I don't know what's going on, but I can get five hours, but it seems like I get five hours, and I'm just as good as if I got eight hours. Come on. 
I mean, I used to used to get only four hours, and it'd be good as just as good as if I got eight hours. Okay, God gave His best to you in Jesus. If you give the best, just give Him your best. Do the best you can. It's an attitude. God, I'm going to give you the best today, even though I didn't have electricity. Even though I'm praying if my electricity's not on when I get home and all the food that's in the freezer and the refrigerator, you know, I'm praying that you're going to take care of that. And if you don't take care of it, I'll put it in coolers and I'll put it in ice and I'll do the things I possibly can do. And if something goes bad, it goes bad. If I've got to eat now from the rest of the afternoon, oh, gee, we just cook up everything that's in the refrigerator. Come on, somebody. Oh, gee, Shorty, that's oh well. I may maybe inviting y'all. I'm saying, hey, come on over and let's have a feast because I got a bunch of food to get rid of. It's got to be an attitude. Say attitude. Okay, number four. Real quick, number four. We must order our life in a balanced way and keep our priorities in line with God. Order your life in a what? Balanced way. Anybody ever had a tire out of balance? Yeah, you hit it, big chunk comes out or whatever. Your front end might not be aligned right, and that tire's out of balance. Doom, 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 doom. And you just keep driving it. And then pretty soon pretty soon the rubber falls off of it. Are you with me? The, the bands. And you, do you keep driving it? No, you change the thing. And you get them, you got to have balance. If you do, are you having tires? I was thinking, where's, where's Steve at? you gotta have your, you got to have your tires balanced. You know what I mean? Because they're going to last longer. They're going to have them balanced. And I used to think about the priorities, you know, of God first and, and then my wife and then I'd list those things. I think the priority needs to be this. Keep Christ-centered. If I keep Christ-centered, the rest of the stuff's going to take care of itself. We were at the farm a while back and, and then the roads were muddy. And, man, I, after we got done... I was driving down the back, going driving back to Woodward, and man, the truck was just like, <laughs> and I was like, what in the world? So I stopped by and to the to the car wash, and I started washing out the rims because all the cleachy started caking on the inside of my wheels, and they were out of balance. How many of you know you can notice when it's out of balance, and all of a sudden you can feel it? I knew something was wrong with my truck. I'm like, either this thing's falling apart or something. I was like, no, no, it's just the cleachy that was inside there. So we finally got those washed out. It took me about three or four stops to, to get it done, but was able to get it done. But we've got to be able to look at and keep our life balanced. Number five, the last one before we go today, is to make quality decisions. And you could put good in there, good decisions. But good decisions may not be God decisions, but they need to be quality decisions. Everything you do is a decision. Where are you going to go this afternoon? Who you're going to talk to? Who you're going to text? Whose Facebook post you're going to read is a decision. It is. What you're going to believe is a decision. You got to make quality decisions, and I want you to believe. I believe the Word of God. I don't have it all figured out, but I'm a I'm a biblicist. I believe that what God says is true, and it's and it's His, and it is a word of life. It, it is the living word. It's alive. It's active. It's going to do some things. I am believing today that in your life that you may be thinking, I don't know, I'm not sure if I got anything out of this message today, but you're going to go home this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow, the next day, something's going to happen on the inside of you, because this is going to be like a spontaneous combustion. The word of God comes in, 
and it does something inside you, and you might say, whoa, I'm going to make a quality decision on that. There are decisions that you're going to make today, tomorrow, in the upcoming years and months and years ahead that are going to affect some things, especially you. Make a quality decision. Somebody say quality decision. So you guys that are graduating, make quality decisions. Don't just, hey, yeah, let's just go do that. Wait a minute a second. You know what? Check in with Holy Spirit. Do I need to go do that? We heard of a testimony. I better not go do that. There's been times where I'm like, let's go hang with the posse. And I'm like, uh, I don't think so. Not tonight. And then the posse gets in trouble. And I would have been with the posse. Come on, somebody. And there's times where it's like, well, maybe I need to go with this person. And Holy Spirit's like, yeah, go hang with Terry. And I didn't hang with Terry. I went and did my own thing. And then I got in trouble. Come on. So there's quality decisions in everything that we do. There's quality decisions. Say quality decisions. Edwin Lewis Cole, he says, compromise is when you accept what you don't believe because you won't fight for what you do believe. You accept. You let that come into your life. What you don't believe because you won't fight for what you do to believe. We've got to fight for what we believe. In this new era, we've got to fight for what we believe. He also goes on and he says, compromise is when you won't fight for what is excellent, so you accept what's mediocre. You won't fight for what's ex- excellent. I want an excellent marriage. And I'm fighting for my marriage. I don't want just a mediocre marriage, y'all. I want an excellent marriage. Because at the end of the day, it's going to be about my wife and I. At the end of the day, she's my ministry. Come on, somebody. And you guys are all part of what it is, but it really boils down. And I want to fight for that. I want to keep that excellent. Edwin Lewis Cole said, what you compromise to gain, you will lose. What you compromise to gain, you will lose. I just want to thank you for the opportunity to sow into your lives. I want to thank you guys as graduates for the opportunity to speak these things into your life. That you're going to make quality decisions. You've got a plan and a purpose and a destiny for your life. I want to thank you for those opportunities. Um, I'm going to have you guys come on up. If you guys will come on up. Uh, Ushers, could I get you guys to move this podium real quick? And I'm going to have Shelly. Is that all right? We're just going to take a minute. We're going to honor the graduates here today. Thank you, guys. Kobe, yes. Come on up, please, sir. uh, Albert, come on up. Cindy, come on up. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. They've, They've stepped into a milestone today. Come on right here. Have you guys line up and face them real quick. And we won't have you talk or anything or unless you want to say something. But uh, I know some of you are, are, are very quiet. But I just want you to know how honored we are for you and allowing us to be able to be here and to be able to pray over you guys as a group. You've set your mind to something and you've achieved it. Okay? And that's important. There's going to be great things ahead. In fact, the days that are ahead are better than the days that we're behind. So always continue to look forward. Always look for your future. If you get anything out of today's message, don't decide, but discover that which God has in you. If you discover that and you be the best you possibly can do that, then that'll take care of itself. Everything else, like Shelley was talking about, if you step two, two to the right and you should have only had one, it's all going to take care of itself because you're right in the will of God. 
Shelly, we've got some gifts for them that we want to give them quick. Some of you may not know, but Albert graduated from Woodward High School. And, and you're headed to school, Arizona, headed to Arizona. When, when do you leave for Arizona? In August. And Kobe graduated from Moreland High School. And where are you headed to? Southwestern Oklahoma State University. So after after you go to boot camp, right? Basic boot camp. So pray for him for that. When do you, when does that start? July tenth. So he's got six weeks. Is that right? Six weeks. So he's gonna go in a young man, come out a strong man mentally and physically. So. <laughs> And Cindy graduated from School of Ministry at Victory Bible College in Tulsa. So we, we celebrate her. That, that's the Moreland one, the blue one, in Woodward. And Cindy's, Cindy's wouldn't fit in a bag, so. Congratulations. We love you all. We rejoice with you. If you guys will stand to your feet, we're going to dismiss and then you guys can can come and, and congratulate the graduates. But I just want to lay my hands on you and just to bless you. I want to speak a blessing over you. Father, I thank you so very much for Albert. God, I thank you that you continue to strengthen and bless him. And God, even when things get difficult, that he's going to know that, that you're going to continue to hold him up. Give him comfort where he needs comfort. Give him wisdom where he needs wisdom. Give him strength where he needs strength. Father, I ask you just to continue to to just bless his life. We are thankful for him. I know his family is very, very grateful and thankful for him. And we bless him. Father, I thank you for Kobe. I thank you that he's, he's, he's stepped into what you've called him to do. And he steps in and he helps protect our country. As he steps in and he helps protect our rights. Things that you yourself, God, that you've encompassed within him to be able to fight for. I thank you that he's not a quitter. I thank you that he's a fighter. And I ask you to give him comfort and peace and give him strength. God, keep him physically sound and, 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 and emotionally sound and strong as he goes through what he gets to go through, but that he relies upon you for everything. God, I thank you that you'll open doors for his schooling coming down the road. But God, I ask you to bless him and bless his family as he steps into what you have for him. I thank you that he discovers everything that you have for him. And Father, I thank you for Cindy. God, I just ask you to, to, to bless and release just your goodness upon her life. God, I thank you this woman. God, she's hungry. She's got the gift of knowledge. I thank you that this gift of knowledge will just continue to expand as she wants to learn more, wants to grow more, wants to even try to figure you out, God. But I thank you that, that you're out of her box. You are definitely out of her box. She's not going to put you in a box. And, God, that the things that you've begun, Jesus, the good work that you've begun in her life, you're going to continue and do. I thank you that you've made this woman a warrior. I thank you she's a fighter. And I ask you to just continue to give her wisdom and revelation. And I declare you over all of you, Ephesians 1.17, for you to know Jesus Christ in the spirit of wisdom and revelation, for you even to get deeper and more intimate with him. And we bless them right now in Jesus' name.
And everybody said amen. Let's give them a hand clap of praise today. Listen, we bless you guys today. If you need prayer today, we've got prayer teams that will pray for you. Go forth in his power and his might. Come on in and shake these young young women and young men's hands today. Come on up and, and love on them a few minutes. God bless you.